Hello, Graham Norton here on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Let's see what we've been up to. Sunday Times bestseller Adele Parks is back with yet another brilliant thriller called Just Between Us. Nikesh Patel chats about starring in Series 3 of Starstruck on BBC iPlayer. Showchef Martha brings us the best fish pie. Angela Scanlon gives us an update on how she's feeling ahead of week two of Strictly Come Dancing. And of course, Maria and I are delving into the post bag to answer some of your dilemmas in Graham's Guide. Morning, Maria. How are you? Quite chilly this morning, Graham. Autumn on its way. We don't like it. it well, I don't mind it. No, I... The, I, th- I like layering. I like layering. You like to layer. Well, yes. you're nice and thin, so you can, you see. I, you, I can layer, and also because... I can't afford to layer. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've got some chunky knits that I'm looking, I'm looking forward to rocking, but I, they're too, it's too soon for the chunky yeah, knits. Yeah, don't, don't shoot your chunky knits too soon. <laughs> um, basically, I don't think I've got enough clothes on for the weather at the moment. And also that transition from autumn... No, summer to autumn is depressing because you know you've got winter coming. Sorry, I shouldn't say depressing or anything like that, should I? No, no, it's very torture. And also the sun's out today. Yeah. So shut up. Shut up. Yeah. Sea swim. Um, No, because it's been raining. Oh, by the way, are you you tempted by the skinny dip in Northumberland uh, at sunrise tomorrow? Is that what you were signing me up for? I wasn't signing you up for, but you were invited. I won't make it back to the studio in Northumberland uh, to here for the Sunday show. I do work on a Sunday. Do you remember? Of course you do, yes. And also you said I've got a knee injury. It's a torn meniscus. Medial meniscus. Isn't that a knee injury? Yeah. But it, it sounds it sounds more serious if you say that. Torn meniscus. Um, Graham, I was found myself in a sort of beginning to a carry-on film this week. Oh, yes. Because I was painting a room. I know you think I'm And then never... all, your, all your clothes fell off. No, almost. No, I was painting a room and I kept just turning around this tiny room and cupboards and things like that and getting paint everywhere. And I just thought, oh, these clothes are annoying, getting paint on them. It will never come off. So I took my T-shirt and my trousers off. And I thought, oh, that's better. It's quite warm anyway. Just bra and pants. Painty, painty, paint, whistling along. Um, And then I'd left the door on the snip. And it was the proper gas man. (laughs) Who has a gas man that comes around anymore, apart from in a porn film? (laughs) And the gas man, even he was whistling too. So it was proper carry on. Uh oh, I was Barbara Windsor and he was Sid James. Actually, no, he wasn't because he was very attractive, which made it even more. Worse. So you're dating now? Yeah. Oh, no. Um, so he... Right. How, how did you meet? Funny story. <laughs> yeah, funny story. I won't tell it now. Um, so it had to hurriedly, obviously, cover up. Yes, you had to paint yourself very quickly. Yeah. I mean, you know, it would be quite good on in a certain market for nanas. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't say that. I'm sure it's niche. It's niche. Yeah. Uh, will you be tuning in to show one? Well, it's quite, well, we've had kind of show one of Strictly. But, uh, well, the show one is always boring because you just find out how who's partnered and who. And they pretend to be thrilled. And we know, they know for weeks in advance and then they go, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, we're over that. But also Stop what, doing what that. makes me laugh is kind of those lovely dancers who come from Eastern Europe who've never seen a British television show feigning delight <laughs> that they are going to be... Someone from EastEnders. <laughs> yeah. I go, oh, it's, it's, y- it's y- you, you, you. <laughs> <laughs> which, which one is it? Yes. <laughs> going up and kissing the cameraman. Yeah. No, it's not me. It's not that's me. That's tired now. We all know. But we have got, of course, lovely Angela. Angela Who stood in for radio. us on the Hollybox. Yes, a Virgin Radio. She's, uh, she's in there. And she... She's kind of behind, not enemy lines, but behind whatever. The scenes. Closed doors. Yeah. Uh, she she's has, giving us the insight. Yeah. She's given us this preview of tonight's show. She sent it on a voice memo. Play it there now, please. Hello, Graham. Hello. Hi, Maria. Hi, hi. Um, 
So, today is the first show day. Tonight. Yeah, we know that, yeah. Live show, and I'm doing the tango. <gasps> oh! With Carlos. It Carlos. has been, um, we've had two weeks to learn it. So I feel like I remember it, although I went into rehearsals yesterday and forgot everything. So I'm not sure if that's, you know, bad rehearsal, good show. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, my neck's a bit stiff. Hopefully you can't see that. And I have a dress with what big dress? slits of it, which good I'm job. supposed to like whip around. And I'm hoping I'll be able to get hold of at the right times. There's also a slow walk in the middle that I have been um, regularly tripping on. It turns out walking like a human in the middle of a dance is actually quite a challenge for me. Right, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Week one, done. Well, now, Angela, not quite done. No, you've got you have to perform you have to now. Do it now. Yes. In fact, we'd like, we love listening to the inside information. But if you could do it on Saturday. Yes. After you've danced. <laughs> then I want I want her to be heaving. I want to be going, <laughs> That's what I want to hear. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Um, they must have high hopes for her to give her a tango week I mean, one. A she's got Carlos, who is fabulous. Has he been in it before? Yes. Has he? Isn't he the Italian one? Well, no, he's fab, but I, I've never seen him before in my life. I think I have. Oh, right. I might, now, you're making me doubt myself. But B, um, the tango is too fabulous. Yeah. It's just a lot of drama, isn't it? She just must be good. Drama, drama, they drama. They wouldn't have given her tango she week one. She looks fabulous. She looks absolutely gorgeous yeah. in her gold dress. Yeah. But I don't know what the if dress you, is. If you get something like the, you know, a samba or something week one, you know yeah. you're a bit rubbish. Yeah. yeah. So I think tomorrow, and tomorrow's show, I'm not going to do the swim in Northumberland. Um, I'm going to be picking over... Over the celebrities on... Oh, lovely. And let's do our top three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have watched it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I will watch a bit, probably. Yeah, I'm in tonight, so I will watch it. I will, I will, I will. Uh, you gather some letters. Virgin Radio. I have a problem. This is quite long. Go. Dear Graham and Maria, I'm a recently graduated veterinary surgeon with a new job starting in the Midlands in October. I've been at home living with my mother for just over a week and she's really negative about my new job. It's really getting to me. It'll be fairly full on. It's a 45-hour working week with an out-of-hours rota and minimum holiday allowance. However, it's not terrible for a first job. The team is really lovely and I had a little plan in my head to join the local sports team and establish a friend network there. And me and my friends will spend weekends with each other every couple of weeks. All right. Every day my mother tells me how the Midlands is awful and says I'll be isolated and we'll have a terrible time. She keeps showing me other jobs. I regret showing her where to find the jobs online that have better benefits, more holiday, higher salary and are closer to London as a lot of my friends are there. Before this I was quite excited about moving to a new place, establishing a new routine and really looking forward to the job as the work is exactly what I was looking for. I fully believe that if you go into something thinking it will be terrible then it will be. I've asked my mum to stop showing me new jobs and to stop telling me that she thinks I've made a bad decision but this ends in an argument. 
I'm not really sure how else to approach this, as I'm worried that I'll start the new job in a negative mindset and subsequently have a terrible time by way of a self-fulfilling prophecy. What should I do? That is from Rachel in Paul. Oh, Rachel, keep your beak out, Mama. I mean, from what I can gather, Rachel in Paul, you've been living with your mum at home for just over a week. That's in Paul, I'm guessing. And soon, like 1st of October, I start in October, you'll be going to do this job. I mean, you've only got a little while... To, to, you know, to have more of this. But really, what is your mum's problem here? Is it, have you got one of those mothers who is too ambitious for you or just likes to control everything that you're doing? Because this sounds awful. You got this job in good faith. You're really looking forward to it. There's lots of perks, blah, blah, blah. Not so much money, but there you go. I would think being a vet, you would have loads of money because there are hardly any vets around. <laughs> so... I digress. Uh, yeah, I digress. <laughs> Do you know how much I spent on? <laughs> <laughs> but I would just say, you have to say to her, I don't want this to end in an argument, Mum, because you're a lovely mum and I'm really looking forward to my new job. But please, can you stop with the offers of other jobs? and the wanging on about how I'll have such a horrible time. I want you to be positive about yeah. this. I think, it, do you know what it is? I think it's that kind of mothery thing where because you've made a decision she wouldn't have made, she thinks it's a bad decision. And you need to explain, no, I just made my own decision. I made a decision you wouldn't have made. I've made it for me because I am Rachel, grown woman now, yeah. making my own decisions. And you have to let me. And if, it's, if it turns out it was all a mistake, it's mine. And it's very nice of you to be so concerned, uh, but, 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 but out. Yeah, but really. Out. Keep your beak, trunk out Dumbo. Yeah. Keep your beak out of my business. <laughs> um, it's funny, isn't it? Because mums do that. Well, I th- and dads do it, I think. It's that th- element of you've controlled this little creature all its life. Oops. And then uh, they suddenly have their own control and it, they've got to let go. Yeah. And it's also the thing is, well, that's not what I would do. Therefore... It's a bad thing to yeah, do. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's just a different thing yeah. to do. Because and you're not a vet. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to live in the Midlands. Whereas I am a vet and I do <laughs> want to live in the Midlands and be part of the badminton group. And get your new job and start everything and it's exciting. It's like, you know, and you'll have a, I guess, a new chunky knit to rock. <laughs> you're you, all over the chunky knit as you today, cycle to, As you cycle to the barn. Um, <laughs> With a heavy backpack. I just think it is... Pet of the week as well. Photographs of pet of the week. I just think, Rachel, uh, it is a shame that your mother is slightly, uh, you know, raining on your parade. because Because it's your... It is so exciting. It's your new job you are the newly qualified vet and you knew you know all the great new diseases you know all the great new medicines and they're gonna love you they're gonna love you yeah yeah mum is being a debbie downer yeah shush now yeah that's all i have to say yeah, really because rachel knows how to get rid of old things <laughs> she's trained for it yes. so. only takes 30 seconds for that injection to kick in yeah. look out rachel's mom <laughs> when i had my dog put down because i had to not just yeah, for yeah. fun yeah. um i um <laughs> i had to and it was so quick and so lovely and i i said to the lady can i book myself in for next week 
because it just seemed like the ideal way to go. My big dog, Bailey, he went very peacefully. But uh, Madge, as, as she, she was so annoying in life, she was quite annoying in death. Oh, uh, no. When, when they gave the injection, she just, she just... It was like... She was like, you know, one of those old um, cigarette boxes, you know, where you lift the donkey's tail and a cigarette comes out. Yes. Uh, she was like that. She, what are you saying? What came out from under well, her yes, tail? Well, what came out. Oh, no. <laughs> Bye. Oh. <laughs> Goodbye, cruel world. <laughs> Here's my final parting gift. We're not saying put your mum down, Rachel and Paul, by the way. Kind of we are. The responses part one of my favourite responders today will be getting a number one apple Danish tart. It's a Danish pastry topped with chunks of apple. An apple compote with cinnamon, sugar and a sweet glaze. It all comes in a box. It looks mighty fancy. Number one, apple Danish tart. That's what you get. Georgie in Rutland. Rachel, your mum is jealous. She's trying to control you. Maybe she feels unfulfilled in her own life. Not a vet, is she? The Midlands has lots to offer. And with your positive attitude, I'm sure it'll be a success. Cut those apron strings and put some earplugs in. That, I mean, short and sweet. Jackson Bristol. I'm amazed no one thought that Rachel's mom is terrified of being alone without her. So she's trying to keep her closer to her by being so mean. If your mom is online looking at the job board, maybe get her to look for any local group she could get involved with and also make a regular way uh, of keeping in touch with her once you've moved away to your new job so she's in the loop. Just a thought. Okay. Tracy and Jeff in Colchester together came up with this. Tell Rachel to go ahead with her plans. Rachel, go ahead with your plans. It sounds like it is her mom's insecurities and she probably feels like she's losing her daughter to start a new life. Rachel should keep reassuring her mom that she will keep in contact and invite her for weekends when she's established with your new friends. Rachel, follow your dreams. Emphasis on the your. Big block capitals. Uh, Sarah's in Bristol. Is it possible your mom is worried that your new job in the Midlands is too far from her rather than London? She might be reassured if you put a plan in place for the next time you'll see her after your move. Even if, with your current attitude, you might not want to. Good luck with your new start. It sounds brilliant. And Karen in Hereford says, Rachel, your mom is right about the Midlands. Take her advice. (laughs) You live in a lovely area. Have friends in an exciting place in London. Don't do the Midlands. You'll regret it. Boo, Karen. Boo. No. Uh, I am going to give the apple Danish tart to Georgie in Rutland for short and sweet advice. Okay, this is short and sweet. Oh, great. Maybe not so sweet. Dear Graham and Maria, my boyfriend and I have been together for 10 years. We live together, have a dog and are very happy. Well, I thought we were. A friend of mine got in touch last week and said that they saw my partner on a dating app. The profile seemed reasonably platonic. (laughs) (laughs) He says he's only interested in chats and friends. But then why not tell me about it? I'm really conflicted on what to do. I feel I ought to speak to him about it. After all, communication is key. But how? I don't want an argument or confrontation. I want to work through this. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. And that is from Nick in Kirby. Oh, Nick in Kirby. Wake up and smell the coffee. No one is on a dating site. Repeat after me. No one is on a dating site for chats and friendship. That's really the bottom line here. Yeah. Um, you know, it just doesn't... Chats and friends, no, 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 no. People want more things on dating sites. So when you say, I don't want an argument or confrontation, well, 
guess what? You're going to have to have one because I don't think this is acceptable. You have been together for 10 years. Yeah, things get a bit samey. Things get a bit boring. He's looking for excitement. That's what it should say on his profile. I'm looking for excitement. And we know what that means. A danger. That means excitement and danger means a little bit of how's your father. So um, you've got to have this conversation. And when you say communication is key, it sounds like you're fully aware of that and that you do chat and you work things through. But... But of course, of course you were going to find out. He would know that you were going to find out unless you're on a dating site too. You know, I mean, people are, people do these things and then they kind of go, oh, no, I'm just just perusing. I'm just looking, you know, I'm not going to yeah. do anything. So, but yes, but you happened, are. I remember this happened to uh, some, in a kind of, you know, friends of mine. Yeah. We saw that the partner was on a, a yeah, dating, dating site. Yeah. We didn't tell Nick. We told the other guy. You told the guy who was on the dating yeah. site. You said, so, we saw you on that. Th- yeah. And Nick will see you. Yeah. So, you know, get off the dating site. You know, so what was the friend thinking? You know, you see somebody's partner on a dating site. Oh, I must tell them that. They'll love to know that. No. You go to the person who's on the site and kind of go, get off the site. Well, or... it was a f- yeah, but it was a friend of Nick's rather than a friend it's still of a, partner. Like, it's still a weird thing to do. Yeah. Even if you don't know the partner very well, you'd send him an email kind of go look just so you know it, it's now out in the world that yeah. you're on this dating app does nick know if he does fine none of my business da, da, da. but if he doesn't you're about to get caught yeah but i mean how does what he's saying what nick is asking is how does he go about it well you do go- it to me i'm on a dating site and and you found it what do you say to me you know my single friend blah 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 yeah 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 he's on a dating site you're on it Oh, I just went on it to see if there's anybody interesting. Oh, I love you. Let's be happy for the rest of our lives. (laughs) (laughs) Is that it? Is that the confrontation? That's it. Anything on telly? Oh, look. Strictly. (laughs) Hey! Love Angela She's doing the the tango. Yeah. (laughs) There's a slit in her dress. Um, No, you just got to bite the bullet, Nick. You just got to bite the bullet and say, look, I'm a bit hurt. That's all. I'm hurt. Why didn't you talk to me about it? What is it that you're looking for? Well, we know, you know, why are we saying this? We know exactly what he's looking for. Platonic. It's a dating app. (laughs) If he was platonic, he'd join the Badminton Society. Exactly. And even then. (laughs) (laughs) Can you you spice things up at home, Nick? I don't know. No, uh. What? No, but that's what he's looking for, though. Well, I, you have to talk to your boyfriend. You have to talk to your boyfriend because uh, you, you, it's out of the, the genie's out of the bottle. Yeah. Now. Otherwise, the trust. Every time he goes out now, you'll be thinking, is he meeting someone from the dating site? The only thing where you can keep tracks on him is to join the dating site and just keep watching. Oh, him. and catfish him. And uh, yes, catfish yeah. him. Oh no, why don't you do that thing? That's like that song. Do you like pina, pina colada? colada? Getting caught in, in the, the rain. rain. So you do all the things that you like and he likes, and then you meet up and then it's each other <laughs> oh um, we weren't cheating on each other. that's such a weird song isn't uh, it because really they wanted to leave each other anyway I digress <laughs> the responders part two it's happening uh, and my favourite responder will be getting that number one apple danish tart <gasps> covered in a sweet glaze Teresa and Torquay oh Nick you need to draw a line here this is outrageous intent is as bad as the deed it kind of is, isn't it? Uh, sort this out, but I fancy this is the end. Good luck. Well, thanks, Teresa. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> My work is done.
Uh, okay, Teresa, thank you very much. Uh, Yvonne's in Thrapston. Uh, Nick, I really think you should create your own profile on the dating app and say that you're only on there to match with your partner who is already on there to see if they realise how hurtful they are being. Find them and match with them and wait for your partner to talk to you so you don't have to open up the conversation. I mean, but then... Do you give the boyfriend a kind of a, an in where kind of, a, oh, I see you're on there too. And you go, no, no, I only went on there for and, and then it's like, well, did you? You know, uh, yeah, it's complicated. I mean, it's a good idea, but I think you're kind of letting the boyfriend off the hook a bit if you rock up on the dating app as well. Now, this is good from Susie from uh, Alberton. Alberton. Um, I totally disagree with Graham. Of course you tell the wronged person. You don't give a heads up to the cheater. He's not your friend. Because I was saying, okay, Uh, listen to this. Uh, My husband of 10 years and partner of 14 years was on a dating site before Christmas. I confronted him and he tried to claim it must have been set up by someone as a joke. He didn't know I'd seen it on his phone. Then he started messaging ladies of the night on Telegram. Is that an app? I don't know. Needless to say, our marriage was over. He still doesn't admit it. And I have screenshots of all his messages. There's nothing worse than once people are caught red handed and they don't admit it they still because it's so frustrating because you got to oh just say just say yes you, I, you fair cop gov you got me uh, it's awful when people don't admit it uh, well Susie I'm so sorry that that all happened to you but look you're out of it now and you're on the other side and beginning again Nick doesn't say a word and get all your mutual friends to match with him uh, on the site all of them uh, Jill and London, that's quite a funny idea. But will he know that he's matched with them because he needs to match with them and he's never going to match with people he knows, is he? Uh, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, tell you what, Susie, you've earned a bit of an Apple Danish tart, so I'm giving it to you. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. Introducing my first guest of the day, Adele Parks. Hello. Hello, Graham. I'm so excited. Uh, lovely to have you here. Thank you. In the flesh. Yes, yeah. and no masks and no separation. We're, you know, relatively close. Yeah, so yes, so it's all good. It's all good. Uh, so, just between us, if people read both of you, yeah. it's a sequel. Yeah. But it, you don't, I mean... It, you don't it, have to. I mean, it's a such... and I, Because I hadn't read both of you, I read this, and the beginning is so juicy and brilliant. Because I was literally reading it thinking, there's a whole novel here, not knowing there was a whole novel there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, so it's really weird. I wrote both of you and launched it here in the UK and everything went lovely and all the rest of it. And it has um, a sort of ambiguous ending. The, the baddie may or may not get away yeah. with it. And you as the reader get to decide. And at that time, it was COVID times. And I thought we weren't deciding anything in life. So it's a really nice idea for the reader to decide. 250,000 copies sold in the UK. No one complained, except my sister, who said, <laughs> where's the sequel? I need to know what's happening next. Um, and also then in America, when it was launched there, they said, we'd like, that's no good. We want to know whether that buddy did get away with it or not. Oh, is it because you wrote, but you, you've written another book in between? Yeah, because I wasn't planning on writing a sequel. Yeah. I, I never write sequels, or very, very rarely. And I'm, you know, 23 books in. But I loved going back to those characters and actually talking. So the, the book, for those of you who haven't read it, the book is about um, a woman who goes missing. Initially, two women go missing. Then we discover she is the same woman and she's a bigamist. So she leaves behind two 
husbands that are furious. And there is the concept is, you know, love is just a shiver away from hate. Everybody always looks to the husband if there is a yes. if there's a woman gone missing. In this case, twice as complicated because there's two families, two sets of friends, two husbands. Um, and it's about those people trying to pick up the pieces after she's gone. And what I, for you, because you never intended to write a sequel, you know, had you written yourself into a corner at the end of, was it like an escape room where you kind of like, uh, like I thought I was so clever, kind of going, oh, figure that out. And now you have to figure it out. 100%. Absolutely the exact phrase I used that I painted myself into a corner was my sister. Honestly, hats off to her. She said to me, and this isn't a spoiler, but in the end of the last book, she said, but there was that wine bottle left on the hill, wasn't there? I hadn't noticed I'd left a wine bottle on the hill. So it did need my big sister to point this out to me. And she went, I mean, that would be a clue. And I thought, aha, yes, it could be. <laughs> so there was clearly something subliminal in the back of my head. But yes, I mean, I'd done certain things. Uh, you know, I'd, first of all, I had set it in COVID and I didn't want to write a book about COVID. So I had to sort of fast forward to yeah. Super Saturday and get them all out, you know, because it's really restrictive if people can't, move, your characters can't move around and they, the, you know, you need an element of who's where they're saying they are, who's where they're not. And that you can't do if everybody's locked in a room. So I, I had to move certain things on quite quickly. Yeah, but it's kind of useful in a way and then not useful. It stops being useful. Correct. Yeah. It was yeah. really useful in the first book because she was locked in a room and yeah. everyone related to that experience and that feeling of being, you know, claustrophobic and, and restricted. But in this one, I wanted it to be more about the consequences and how we get on with our lives, which I think, again, is relatable. Yeah. And you tell it from multiple points of view, like the, the children and... Yeah, the all... two husbands that are left behind, her best friend, because actually everyone knows that a bigamist betrays her two husbands, but she also betrays her friendship groups because she's only been giving half of herself to everybody because she's been living two separate lives. And that has really profound effects on, on people, as I found out when I was doing my research. Well, I was going to say, when you did the research for the, the first book, for both of us, I mean, is bigamy a big thing? Uh, it, it's, it's easier than you'd imagine. I mean, it is easier than you imagine because certainly, you know, up to, uh, this isn't a scientific fact, but I think about 15... <laughs> it'll do us, it'll do us. Up until about 10, 15 years ago, things weren't sort of registered other than, you know, you sign a register in your in your church or in your town hall or wherever you get married. So I you just can, remember when I got married, you just had to tick a box saying, totally. I, I, I haven't been married before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all in a bit of, you know, a bit of hope, of, of yeah. honesty. Plus, people who move around different countries, they can get away with it really easily. It's largely men who do it just because of biology you know it's it's very hard for a woman to give birth to somebody and it be you know yeah. it be a child of two husbands that can't really happen I think the husband would notice you moving the child in and out of their lives <laughs> um, or maybe not depends on the level of your husbanding but um but for um for men there are yeah that they it definitely happens and for you, when you approach one of these books, is the plotting your biggest pleasure? Is that the thing that you get the most kind of like, I am so clever? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you live in my house. Yeah, I mean, there are the, I go from I am so stupid to I am so clever. It depends on which part of the book I'm on. Yes. I love that end when I sort of wrap it all up and I know I've sorted it and I thought through every such thing that, you know, every detail I possibly can. But there are inevitably sort of stages when I'm two-thirds of the way through and something occurs to me that oh, yeah. hadn't. And then I think, oh, no, actually, I am stupid because that was staring me in the face and I have to solve that now. And is your sister that reader who 
pulls you up on stuff and goes... Uh... Uh, no, she's super supportive normally. Oh, but, okay. like, she's super supportive. <laughs> Actually, in the first book, I thought she would be very condemning of the bigamist because she's super moral as well. But she actually had more sympathy than I thought, which which relaxed things a little. But no, she's quite demanding, so she tells me what I should be writing next. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen up, sister. Um, uh, and now tell me this: Lies, 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 uh, Just My Luck. They're being developed for television. They are. Yes. Um, and where are we with that? Well, you know how it is. That, presumably, um, all of the. Uh, presumably, you've sold them all. To... I haven't sold them all, but I've sold a pre- pretty much. All, I think all my thrillers. Yeah. So I've told all my thrillers because you know before that I did historical fiction yeah, yeah, and yeah. some romance fiction. Um, thrillers are the thing of the moment. Um, in fact, I've just uh, this year um, helped be. It was part of the production team on producing one of my books called The Image of You. Okay. Um, and I was out in the states. Uh, I mean, it was sensational. I learned so much. Basically, I learned I didn't know an awful lot, I think, if I'm honest with myself. Yeah. And everything was from from me. It was just like gut. And so I was sort of running around telling people what I thought. And after a while, people were like, no, no, we don't really need you to tell us what you think unless we ask you what you think, <laughs> which was a really grounding moment, shall we say? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then after, yeah, it took, I was out there five weeks of the shoot, um, which means I really am feeling it because normally I'm super disciplined. All about writing the next about book. About writing the next book. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm I'm currently on 95,000 words, but I feel I've been saying I'm on 95,000 words of the next book for a long time. <laughs> Keeps going up a couple of thousand and then I edit it down and then yeah. it goes up and then down. Uh, but in America, what was it like? Did it feel like your book coming to life or was it so different to the book that you were well, sort of I like, oh. I helped on the script. I'm not, I'm, not, um, I'm not credited on the script, but I did all the polish on the script and I worked with a scriptwriter who was a great guy and we um we talked about the ending we talked we we've changed quite a lot i mean we've set it in america for a start yeah. it's literally set in the uk and i'm fully expecting that whole thing of people going it's not as good as the book and other people going wow i've never read the book exactly. i don't mind yeah, you, i don't mind yeah. i'm here to entertain and what were you involved i was thinking the most interesting thing is the casting because those people have lived in your head for a year yeah. so what were you involved in that bit do you know the casting is amazing i am so pleased so um sasha pierce peterson Pearson, I can't even speak, um, from Pretty Little Liars. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. she's uh, the lead and she is sensational. I just literally last week saw the producer's cut because um, we'd done notes and, you know, we'd have the director's cut, you do notes, you get the producer's cut back, you do more notes. I, I mean, it is the other side of editing. It's really interesting. Is it a film or a series? It's a film. This Ooh, one's a film. Um, and then and Parker Young is uh, Nick, the, the main male lead. But Sasha's fantastic because she has to play two roles. She plays twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really a complex character. And she was just fantastic. And when you're writing, now that you've, you know, you've been part of that process, is there a bit of your writer's head that is now a filmmaker's head where you're seeing things as you write? Or were you always like that? I think I always saw things. Um, I love... Uh, I mean, people say, oh, the the setting is the character sometimes. And indeed, in this book, I took all my characters to Lyme Regis. Yes. Which sounds like, I don't know, it sounds kind of homely. And I, because Lyme Regis is, it's a lot of people go there for their little, you know, lovely summer holiday and with their little ease and all of that. And I thought, oh, it'd be a great place to knock someone off, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Just have a bit of fun with that. Um, Because because of that juxtaposition. But I loved visiting there. I, I loved 
you know, I do think that the the setting as a character, the, obviously the characters are, are super important because just going back to that question you said, is the plot the thing that excites me the most? I always go, yes, and then I want to say, no, but it's also the characters. I don't know. Yeah. I love it all. It, a bit of, bit of both. Bit of both. Bit of both. And uh, now I believe, congratulations, Honora, I don't think I've talked to you since you got your MBE. Oh, yes, indeed. For service, services to literature. Yes, Hello. I know. Uh, was it was it an in-person MBE? It was. Who'd the, you get? Who'd you king. get? The actual king. Yeah, it was his first investiture. Um, yeah. So I was actually on the Queen's last New Year's Honours list. So my um, sort of lovely, um, I keep calling it a certificate as though I'm like year six. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Good behaviour in class. Pin yeah. that on my fridge. Yeah. Most improved. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway, I've got that. Um, and that's signed by um, Queen Elizabeth. And then, oh, she signed it? Oh, very yes, good. It is quite yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. that's quite nice. Yeah. I mean, I sort of had it framed and kept saying, oh, I'll put that away. It hasn't gone away. <laughs> Still literally in the dining room where we spend most of the time. You know what I mean? Like the kitchen diner thing. Um, and then the, this sort of this time last year, November last year, the king, um, and you don't know who it is. And you know, I arrived and they sort of handed me this paper. And it said that, like a little pamphlet of everybody who's getting an honours that day. And it had... You know, the king's it's got his name on it. And I just didn't believe it because that's... So I sort of went up to the guardy person and said, oh, does that mean he's doing all of them? <laughs> thinking, oh, sit down, you know. Yeah. A slacker. He just does the first six. <laughs> he does six. He and does then the first six over. and then he has it over. Yeah. yeah. It's but all no, a sad thing. And he was very fun. Um... Yeah, he was he was great uh, and chatty. They're either very well briefed or he actually reads my books. Wow, they're very well briefed. Um, and uh, <laughs> d- did you buy the video? I did. <laughs> Everything. I love that they sell a video. They yeah. sell the video. They sell, like, the pictures are extraordinarily expensive. Um, it's sort of like Alton Towers, I think, yes. of a ride. Yeah, it is. It's like exit through the gift shop. 100%. Anyway, I did exit through the gift shop. Well done, you. Congratulations. And congratulations on the book. Just Between Us. It is so juicy and twisty. And it is out in hardback now. Adele Pox, lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming in. Still to come, Nikesh Patel. But first, ding, ding. It's show chef Martha. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. How are you? I'm very well. Did you have a nice week? I did. Stay dry? Stayed dry-ish. Stayed in. <laughs> I finished all my Christmas recipes this week. I thought it was a Christmas shopping. So... I was going to shoot you. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I won't start that until two weeks before Christmas. <laughs> I've got to have a break because I do Christmas in the summer and then I have to stop thinking about it for at least three months. So all your Christmas recipes. <laughs> They're all done. Done and dusted. House smells like mulled wine. Oh, oh <laughs> nice. Was any particular standouts? Oh, I mean, I don't want to give you any spoilers. Say, you're I'm not sure you'll be eating them come December. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Now, so today it's another of your best in the world ever's. What, <laughs> what have you made today? Today we've gone for a, a comfort food classic, a fish pie. Oh. The best. It's a bit of a posh fish pie. I'm going to caveat it straight away. Because I feel like fish is quite a luxury, isn't it? It's quite a nice thing to have. Mm-hmm. And to make it the best, you had to kind of really make it very bougie. Okay. So that's what we've gone for. So what are the what are so the variables I guess in a fish pie are what fish you put in the fish mm-hmm. pie. So what fish is in this one? So this is I've used those little packets that you can get in waitress that have the fish pie mixed because it just makes life easier than having Great. to go to the counter. You can do that, but it's a bit easier. So that's got smoked haddock, which is that lovely kind of mustard colour. Mm-hmm. It's got salmon and it's got cod. So you've got a lovely mixture. Classic. classic. A classic. And then I've also stuck in a pack of jumbo prawns. Ooh. So we've got a few little juicy prawns in there as well. Now, 
One of the variables is, of course, the half uh, boiled egg at the bottom. Yes, I've I've gone away with the egg. I've done away with it. I didn't I didn't see the place for the Call egg. Call this the best fish pie in the world. <laughs> I tried it with the egg. And I, firstly, love, I love that the egg. Oh no, Graham, the, I was hoping you'd be empty egg. No, because it's the surprise. <laughs> it's so surprising to find half a boiled egg at the bottom of your fish pie. But isn't it a good surprise? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm going to have to wheel it out and I'm going to have to hide an egg in there now. I was really hoping you'd be in the camp that was no. Because it's so much faff to boil the egg, to peel the egg, to put it in the pie. And I just thought, does it add enough? But it's also good for portioning because you know that if you if you have like, everyone gets everyone gets half an egg. Uh, oh, yeah. I see. But what if it swims away in the, in the oven and then you okay. having to hash? Okay, let's go on to safer ground then. <laughs> Agree to Your, disagree. Is it is it bech, is it bechamel? What is it? What is the sauce? It's, so I've gone with a white wine parsley sauce. Oh, a white wine parsley in sauce. In this, okay. so yeah, it's a little bit. You're making a roux. It's got leeks in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parsley, and then we've got white wine, and I've also gone in with some samphire. Very bougie. That is very bougie. And <laughs> I see there's little um, what you, uh, capers on top. And little caper, yeah. It's got a, a fish pie because it's so rich. You have that creamy yeah. sauce, all of that kind of oily, lovely fish. You need stuff that cuts through it. So salty things, acidic things like capers and samphire. They all work together in harmony. This was my summer of the caper. Oh, really? I never, I never particularly liked capers or gherkins and things like that and little pickles. And uh, I've really grown <gasps> to like them. This is the year. If you are similar and don't like the the pickly capers you can actually buy them in waitress in salt as well as in vinegar so that they're not quite so like oh like acidic oh, see, i quite salty. like that i like it too but some people would prefer this just the salty and you can get them but also what i this summer i really liked um dicing a dill pickle oh. and um, mixing it through um like boiled potatoes <gasps> Okay, like a potato salad. It, well, but hot, yeah. Nice. Oh, no, it's so nice. Oh, I like it's the sound nice. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, talk us through uh, what we do. So we've bought our bags of fish. We've got our potatoes, our capers, everything. What do we do? You've got it all. Lay it out on your table. And then we're going to start with the mash. Oh, yes. So you're peeling potatoes. You want it's almost a whole one of those big bags because you want to have a generous amount, of, mm. generous amount of mash on the top there. So you just want to peel them, cut them into similar size chunks, boil them 15, 20 minutes until you can stick a knife in and it doesn't have any resistance then drain them and set them to one side we're then going to start on the sauce so we're starting with butter and it's quite a lot of butter because it's going to be the base of our kind of roux sauce so butter goes in and then leeks i've been quite a fan of leeks recently because they're a lot easier to prepare than an onion they cook a lot quicker and they kind of just if you've got people in your family who are a bit funny about onions and the lumps and the sliminess leeks feel like they just kind of disappear into the sauce a bit more you sound like you've suffered. <laughs> Do I have a sister who hates onions? Do I? <laughs> no, I have a friend who hates onions. It's really annoying. It's like onions are in everything. Um, so cut up your leek, stick it in your butter, four to five minutes till it's nice and soft, then in with a clove of garlic as well. Mm. Then three tablespoons of flour, mixy-mixy until it kind of all clumps together. Then 100 millilitres of white wine. If you don't want to use wine, you can use a stock, but wine is really lovely in this because it adds a real richness, a bit of acidity to the sauce. Wine goes in and then we're going in with milk. Keep mixing until you get this lovely smooth. It's quite a thick sauce because the fish goes in raw and it's going to release a lot of liquid in the oven. So you don't want to make the sauce how you'd expect the sauce because then your pie might be a little bit oh, I see. wet. Not that it really matters. It will still taste great. But yeah, lovely. <laughs> fully ideal. So then we're adding chopped parsley into that sauce. Half a pack of samphire, which is like a very salty marsh grown vegetable. Mm. They grow it in salt water, which is why it's got such a lovely salty 
taste to it. And it's got a, still got a bit of bite to it as well. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit crunchy, and but that doesn't get cooked in the sauce. It goes all into the oven to get cooked. Um, if you don't you have samphire, you can use spinach or peas or any other green quick cooking veg. It's, it's nice with something green in there, isn't it? It yes. is. I yeah. totally agree. <laughs> so once you've got that in, we're going in with the fish, in with the prawns, then set that to one side or tip it into your oven-proof dish if you're not cooking it in the same pan. We're then moving over to the mash. Put all your potatoes through a potato ricer if you've got one to make them nice and smooth. If not, get your trusty masher out and give it some welly with a little bit of butter and some milk and then a little, you want half a tablespoon of capers. So they get chopped up and they go into the mash as well just to add a little bit of pizzazz. Yeah. That goes over the top. You can pipe it if you're feeling extra fancy, but back of a spoon will do. (laughs) (laughs) Whatevs. A sprinkle of mature cheddar cheese. And then the capers that you've got reserved, toss in a little bit of oil so they get a nice crisp on them over the top. And then the whole thing goes into the oven 25 to 30 minutes until it's golden and the capers are a bit crispy and you're good to go. And can anything go wrong with our roux when we're adding the liquid to the roux? I mean, it could become a little lumpy, so just do it slowly. But to be honest, once you've added the wine and that's evaporated and become a nice thick sauce, it's hard to go completely wrong. You'd be all right. You say that now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, you should make that sound quite simple. And honestly, I can't tell you, if you are on the fence about making this today, just get off the fence because it's so perfect for a chilly autumn Saturday supper. That would just be... Gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, that recipe can be found at waitrose.com slash showchef. You can find all of Martha's recipes there. In fact, you can also see what it looks like uh, on our socials at Virgin Radio UK. And uh, and also, if you're in Waitrose, it's in the Waitrose Weekend newspaper, I believe. It is, yeah, right in the middle. Is that the free one to pick up? Or is it that is. The, okay. It is the free one. Yeah. You, you don't want to embarrass yourself and pick up the other one, the magazine, and the guy about, no, that's not free. Yeah. Three pounds. Although, if you've got your little My Waitrose card, it is I free. It. I have it. It's free. You can yeah. have as many as you like. Yeah. <laughs> I might do that on my way home. I'll do that. Uh, lovely to see you. What am I getting tomorrow? Sweet, savoury? Something sweet. A little cake. Oh, a cake. A cake going on. I know. Bake sale. Oh, it's Sunday. It's Sunday time for a cake. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. The guest Bridal joins us. Series 3 of Starstruck. The whole thing's on iPlayer. And also, if anybody hasn't done Starstruck, it's, I presume it's all there. One, two, and it's all three. there now to binge, yeah. Oh, it's so, so good. If people haven't done uh, Season 3, so it be- what's the time jump? There's a time jump. There's a time jump. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to... Oh, no, you're putting me on the spot now for like the exam. <laughs> Is it two years? It's a couple of years, yeah. So yeah. it's been some... Some time has passed <laughs> since the events of... But you've uh, all yeah. aged very well. Oh, thank you. You're very kind, yeah. <laughs> Props to the makeup team. <laughs> but no, had, no, two years hadn't actually passed, had it? No, 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 no. So we, we shot this... Um, uh, at the start of this year, January, what are we, in 2023, and we filmed season two, I'm going to say uh, April 2021. Oh, yeah, so a couple of years. It's like Rose knew what was yeah, going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah very and, smart. Uh, was this the first one you filmed not in any sort of COVID-y thing? Not, not dodging any kind of lockdowns or, you know, this sort of mad time. Particularly, I remember season one really vividly where all the crew were wearing like two masks and you know rightly so there were all these very stringent yeah, rules yeah, yeah, yeah. but it meant i didn't see apart from the cast who all sort of saw it, what each other looked like i didn't see the the bottom half of anyone's face <laughs> until we all met and i was like it's, it's that weird thing of like why does the bottom of your face not look like i imagined it to be oh, isn't yeah. it weird some people better some people 
Yeah, yeah. Some people benefited. Some people, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, how did it work with the actors? Were the actors all in a bubble? Were you that kind of thing, or yeah. did you rehearse in masks and then take them no, off? No, we we were bubbling. Um, and you know, there were, I mean, it's it's a, it's a mad time thinking about it. When I when I auditioned for Starstruck, um, the the first time Rose and I were in a room, we were doing you know all those kind of fun meet cute rom com scenes, but we couldn't get closer than two meters to each other. So it's very it was a very surreal experience the whole thing but now thankfully we you know normal normal services resume now that phrase seems to become common parlance of the meet cute yeah thing where did it come from i think yeah i i feel like i've uh you know i've uh, but it's suddenly everywhere like everyone, yeah, i think it's you, like an american maybe it's a particularly Amer- particularly american rom-com term for like the scene that sets up when the two when the two characters kind of hit it off or or spar or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but yeah, it's a meet cute. I don't know. I, yeah. I blame the Americans. How do you... I mean, uh, it would be very on gallant of Rose to tell you, but how many meet cutes did she do before she meet cuted the best? Well, that's very kind of you to say. I don't know. What, so I, what, what I do know is that the show was was all set to, f- to shoot in uh, March 2020. And then obviously the world shut down. Um, and they so it was ready to go with a different Tom. And then, you know, everything stopped. Fast forward to a few months later when, when you know, the industry had kind of met, found yeah. a way to make stuff work. And uh, I understand that this, I think this whoever this actor was, was, was busy. Um, he was riddled with COVID. Is what he was? <laughs> no, that'd be awful. <laughs> riddled uh, with it. <laughs> he was. Uh, hey, look, he was. He was very busy. So I'm happy for that. But like, I felt like a goal hanger basically because this this job came along and they now were going to make two seasons of it. And they said, "Do you want to do it?" And I was like, I, "I knew about Rose just as a fan of her stand up." Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, it was it was it was a mad time to look back on but also isn't there a weird i mean you know just i don't know tell us what's it like when they kind of go so we're casting a very handsome sexy movie star you're it i mean is it a nice feeling or is it a weird feeling uh, yeah i mean i i think it's it's Look, look, it could be worse. I'm not going to sit here and say, he lives under a bridge. Yeah. Um, but also, it's something that you've kind of got to put out of your head and, and just sort of like focus on, on the task at hand a, a little bit because, you know, that way that way lies madness. Yeah. And because you've, in the meantime, you've gone on to work on other big productions and stuff, does that kind of inform your Tom that actually... Nikesh has also gone off and been in big things. Yeah, may- maybe. I mean, I, I think what's quite nice about playing Tom is uh, it's very clear to me where we're similar uh, and and we're not. And I think the the particular fame that Tom has and uh, like uh, maybe endures is not something that I. Um, I've I've seen friends sort of uh, struggle with it a little bit, but yeah, nothing quite as mad as that. Also, I think uh, it's very much something that they have fun with on the show, just like uh, Rose and Alice and Nick kind of write, who wrote it, going the life of an actor is insane. Let's mine it for as much. Uh, now, do you, are you saying you just start you're starting filming something? Yes, I am. Oh yes, um, I, it's a it's a it's a comedy. Um, w- it's untitled, which is very mysterious, and I don't know. I don't know if that's just because they don't trust actors to be able to say it. So the I Nikesh can't say too Patel much about show? it. <laughs> no, sadly not, uh, or maybe gladly not. Um, I, I can say that the lead is Simone Ashley um, oh, yes. of Bridgerton fame, and um, yeah, there's uh, the 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 
without giving too much away, um, the plot centers on her having a series of dates because one of them might be um, Mr. Right. Um, and I play one of those dates. Are you Mr. Right? Um, how could you'll you have to watch how the film and see, be? Graham. How could you not be? <laughs> it would be playing against type if you were Mr. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, tell me this. I, I haven't got to the end of season three yet. Uh, it, it, uh, is there a possibility of season four or has Rose gone and killed you all? Uh, it's like Hamlet. Yeah. There's, there's certainly <laughs> there's Rose, a Rose on a pile of skulls at the end. No, um, I... Hey, look, I'd never say never. It feels like... It feels like the end. Um... I has, think, has it yeah. felt like the end before? It's felt more like the end this time round than it has in the past. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. But hey, look, I, I could say that. And then, uh, you know, in October, there's a there's a Starstruck Christmas special. And I'd, I'd, oh, is there? Yeah. No, there isn't. That's oh, not is an exclusive. Oh. <laughs> but but uh, no, I, I feel like it's the end. But but having said that, if Rose... I, I think it's, it's, it's about where Rose feels like the story could go. Um, and without wanting to spoil the end, because you haven't seen it, um, I, I feel like it's, you know, it's... It's tied up. Oh, okay, so she yeah. makes it because we know she has to make a decision. We do, yeah. I know that. I know, yeah. I know that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but okay, yeah. so she makes the decision. Let, yeah, you let me know when you when you when you okay. finish it. And tell me if yeah. No, tell honestly, me if you're happy. I'm, I'm I'm pacing it. Okay, I, yeah. my inclination would be to binge the whole. That's thing. That's very restrained of you. Yeah, I think it's so. like it's but like it's a bar of chocolate. But it is such a lovely, lovely, lovely show. Yeah. it must be nice now that you're out in the world meeting people who can tell you it is really nice yeah um i uh and and i think because the first two seasons seasons came out and you know you'd, you'd get a bit of kind of uh, positive feedback but now that we're sort of out in the world and it's the third season of something um it's it's happened uh, a bit more often which is always really nice and weirdly because you kind of thought because of lockdown you know oh this is terrible but actually it was kind of a gift to shows like yours where people were looking for something feel good and they were in I can watch all six episodes now I will do that yeah that it was it was perfect because um, yeah. it and, and also I, I think definitely something about because we're all starved of connection and and something feel good you know it's 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 funny but it's not one of those shows and hey look I love a show with a good anti-hero and a bit of uh, darkness to it but I don't think Starstruck is particularly That's dark not, not the one uh, yeah. emotional maybe but you know um, yeah so it's a bit of a comfort blanket yeah. does Minnie Driver return in season 3? she does okay oh, yeah yeah she's yeah. so great she's the best she is isn't she great so much fun and and like it's I think she she shot all of her stuff for this season in a day um <laughs> And she's no and messing, Minnie. In, in the best, in the best way. It's like a whirlwind when she when she's on set because she's she's in her in her agent Kath costume. She's got her dog, uh, you know. She's sort of like smoking furiously in between in, in between takes, and it's like right, give me the script, and then you sort of just strap in and watch her go. She's great. Well, people can watch you and her and Rose in Starstruck. It's season three. The whole thing's available to now watch on BBC iPlayer. And if you haven't got the other two seasons, get them. They're all there. It is just a treat. And Akesh, thank you so much for coming to see us. Good luck on Monday. He is Mr. Wright. Thanks so much for listening today. You can catch me every Saturday and Sunday from 9.30 on Virgin Radio. Follow us on all our socials to keep up to date and make sure you check out our YouTube channel too. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK and you'll find loads of great interviews and live sessions. Until next time. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.